G'day, on this Whiteboard Wednesday, we're gonna look at maximum recoverable volume. The idea for maximum recoverable volume really goes to juggernaut training systems and renaissance periodization. Uh, a few of those guys, Mike Isretail, Chad Wesley Smith, James Hoffman. It really ties together a few ideas, volume, intensity, stress, recovery, fatigue, and adaptation all together. It's a great concept to use when you're looking at your training overall on the weekly, monthly, or larger periods of time basis to really help you plan and organize what you do every week. This is finding the ideal volume of training that leads to the most efficient adaptation. That volume is not gonna be an exact fixed number and it's really theoretical. We have to also consider the intensity of what you're training at. For different intensities, the maximum recoverable volume is gonna be different. The lower the intensity, the higher the specific maximum recoverable volume for that intensity. The higher your intensity, the maximum recoverable volume is gonna be much lower. Let's say you can back squat 200 kilograms. 60% of that is gonna be 120 kilograms. 90% of that is gonna be 180 kilograms. The amount of reps you do at 60% or 120 kilograms for sets of 10 that lead to a positive adaptation are gonna be significantly more than the amount of reps you do at 90% or 180 kilograms that also lead to the most efficient adaptation for different parts in the strength curve. You might do both these intensities at different stages of your program. The amount of work and volume you can do for each though is gonna be different and you're gonna do a lot more reps and a lot more work overall at 120 kilograms than what you are at 180 kilograms. The other thing to factor in is different lifts are gonna have a different stress response in your body as well. And with training, we might do a number of lifts all at individual different intensities, but they all contribute to the weekly maximum recoverable volume. And ideally, you want your training on average to be at or close to your maximum recoverable volume. And if we look at your program overall from start to finish, it should average out at the maximum recoverable volume for the most efficient adaptations. That's easier said than done though. It's not just a set number you can plug into an equation and know exactly. A lot of the times you have to find it by actually doing the training and testing a few different things out. And that generally is increasing volume. Now, if you're training at the maximum recoverable volume or an average at the maximum recoverable volume, that will be the most efficient amount of stress that leads to the greatest adaptation. It will still cause fatigue, but you'll be able to recover from it and you'll be able to keep adding sessions and keep adding weeks to your training and keep improving. Another scenario is if we have an amount of stress in our training that's on average all below our maximum recoverable volume, you may actually still see some improvements, magnitude of the fatigue initially, and then the actual size of the adaptation in response to that is gonna be much lower than training at your maximum recoverable volume. So training under is not necessarily bad, it just means that your volume's not as efficient as it could be. The last circumstance we have is when your training volume exceeds your maximum recoverable volume every week. And what you generally see is a constant decrease in performance. That is, you're accruing more fatigue than what you can recover from, and your performance will continue to drop. That is bad. Training all the time over your maximum recoverable volume leads to overreaching, potentially overtraining. So how do you know what the right amount of maximum recoverable volume is for your training? Well, you usually don't. When you first start a program with your coach, it's something you have to build up over time. And the coach will look at what training you respond to best and whether there is grounds to increase volume. That doesn't necessarily always mean if you do three sets of five squats, you're automatically gonna start doing 10 sets of five squats to find that MRV. You might do additional volume a few different ways, such as doing more lifts, more accessories. So you might include things that are less stressful, but allow you to get more reps in. The amount of work you're gonna do in training or your volume of training overall on the weekly and the monthly basis will gradually build. Now you won't find that you're at your maximum recoverable volume really 
till you've probably gone past it. Once you've gone a little bit past it, you'll see a decrease in your actual performance during training. Let's say, for example, you can bench press 100 kilograms for three sets of 10 reps, and you build up next week doing four sets of 10, the next week doing five sets of 10, the next week doing six sets of 10, and you can do all those reps without an issue. The week afterwards, you got to do seven sets of 10 reps, and on the seventh set, you only get three reps out at the weight of 100 kilos, and you effectively fail that seventh set. You now know that seven sets is just above your maximum recoverable volume for that set intensity. You need to back off, back to six sets. But that's a simple example of trying to find your maximum recoverable volume. Not gonna be that easy. There's a whole bunch of other factors that have to be considered, like what your recovery is like, the amount of stress you have outside of training, and also the frequency and volume and intensity that you're training at. But you can find your maximum recoverable volume, and once you do identify it, you really wanna try and have your training averaged out at that level. Now that doesn't mean you can't train over or under your maximum recoverable volume on a weekly basis. In fact, you actually can if you're trying to do something like functional overreaching. And that's what we see in this first example here, where we have a buildup in the volume, so week one, week two, week three, week four, over three weeks, and that third week really goes past the maximum recoverable volume, but to compensate for that additional volume and to average it out, the fourth week is effectively a deload. And we won't see those great adaptations occurring at the start of this week. We're probably more likely to see it occur in improvements in your performance the following week afterwards. In this case here with training under our MRV, we're gonna still see an improvement, it's just not gonna be as significant. And here, of course, all of our training is over our MRV or maximum recoverable volume. And this is the path towards overtraining or injury. Key takeaways in this Whiteboard Wednesday is a maximum recoverable volume is really all about finding the most efficient bang for your buck. That is, more training is not necessarily better. There is an optimum amount of training you should do on a weekly and monthly basis. And once you find that, you should average out around that level. As your training maturity develops, as your work capacity develops, that maximum recoverable volume is probably also going to increase. You can sit in one of three places really, on average training under your MRV, training at your MRV, or training over your MRV. The best two outcomes are training under or at. Now under may still lead to an adaptation, it just may not be as significant or as large as it could be, but that's fine. The risk of injury is going to be significantly lower. You just won't see improvements as frequent or as fast as you'd expect. Training at the MRV is the absolute best case, which is going to lead to the most efficient and largest adaptations, but while minimizing the risk of overtraining and injury, training over your MRV all the time is going to lead to negative outcomes. And that will be an injury, overtraining, burnout, or you might just feel flat and not be interested. <laughs>